Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden. And also featuring Rachel Young, a true crime goddess. Keith Steigert, Uber Reader and Romance Junkie. These people are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. Well, last night, Goodreads was giving me all sorts yeah, of problems. And then I woke up and the website was, and I was like, what's happening in the world? Like, why is the world trying to screw with me? Like, this is weird. All the internet is breaking around me. You know, my dystopian books all the time, anytime something like that happens, I immediately go, okay, this is it. This is it. We're going to have no internet. We're going to have no electricity. We're all going to be stranded. And then I go, oh, it works now. See, that's why reading (laughs) romance is nice, because the only thing you think is like, oh, the pizza boy comes to the door and you're like, "Uh oh, is he going to want to get with me? And then you're like, no, you're going to that's fine. (laughs) You're going to open it up and it's going to go. <laughs> About chicken wow wow. Uh oh, Bigfoot sighting. And oh, he's no. gonna he's say, gonna I have young women. <sighs> I have this massive sausage pizza just for you. <laughs> I like my books better, sorry. <laughs> the pizza guy the pizza guy doesn't even deliver out here, so it's a totally moot point. Now, I occasionally, you know, I occasionally get myself a hot Amazon driver. So is Rachel going to be on today? I think so. Oh, <laughs> fuck. How long has she been sitting there? Oh, did you not open it? I thought I did. <gasps> they weren't going to let you in, Rachel. What the heck? How long were you waiting? Oh, five years. It's fine. <laughs> God, I'm such a bitch. Oh, no, I'm hang so... on. I'm salty as, no. as I'll get. I didn't get let in, so I quit. What? <laughs> well, that's good because we were going to fire you anyways. You're fired. I quit. <laughs> when I was younger, I was just too quiet to say anything. Now I'm just like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you, that's a fun thing about you, Rachel, is just that those two tiny little words said 10 volumes. I didn't even have to look at your face to hear it. Do it again. Uh-huh. Yeah, see? See? <laughs> Not even two words, it's just two syllables. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I like that. I'm going to have to learn how to do that. Delivery is very good, too. <laughs> I did that the other day. My sisters and I were in the car, and again, my youngest sister, um, seven years in between us, she pisses me off a lot. And she said something inappropriate and mean and hurtful about somebody that she shouldn't have been saying. And I was, I, I was like, uh-huh. And uh, she's like, don't get all pissy. And I was like... All I said was a huh. I'm like, get off me, sister. Uh, now I'm hungry for pizza. You're talking about too. the pizza delivery guy? Ugh. Jesus. I would I kill for pizza. pizza. Okay, back to that. Did somebody have pizza porn or something? Like, was this a thing? How did that Is even this like start? Oh, I was taught, we were talking about how we have different, um, different expectations because of the books we read. And Martha was saying that when, things go wrong with the internet she automatically goes to like where her books go and it's like the end of the world and i was like when somebody comes to my door with pizza i assume the pizza man is there to seduce me because that's the kind of shit i read so that's where we were we're on that kind of a a role and what with mine is going to be a what a nazi with the pizza They're going to kidnap you and, like, take you, Frau and Golden. Take you away. Frau Golden. Frau Golden. Yes, and Rachel's, they just come to the door and stab everybody in the house. <laughs> right? And bury us in the... No, and with in Rachel's, the... with Rachel's, it would be the pizza man would have a cast on and need help. Yeah. The Ted Bundy. He'd be like, yep. Can you help the me Ted, get this to the van? The Ted Bundy uh, pizza delivery guy. Right? Oh, yeah, Rachel. Oh, I want pizza, man. And you know what Ron says? Oh, yeah, I'm going to have to work on the pizza oven, so there'll be no pizza for a while. <gasps> I haven't had pizza in like two months. Oh, my Never. gosh. How do you ever survive? That's such a first world problem. <laughs> Oh, shut up. There are other, I'll tell you this. And my pizza delivery man does not seduce me either. 
that's when you're married for 30 years that's you know i guess you don't get that kind of treatment anymore i've been married for like nine years and i'm like could you move off like why are you breathing stop you're just irritating the shit turn your head the other way i'm scrolling you know the thing that bothers me that he finds hilarious he has the little buttons on his phone he has the noise that and it irritates the the piss out of me and so i was annoyed one night and he was doing it and i turned and i said do you just need people to know that you're popular and that you're texting or like why do you have that noise like why is that a thing and he's like uh you seem stressed like are you (laughs) though it literally that noise on the phone i was just like turn it off yeah ron doesn't like any of my little text like like when my phone goes off for a text or whatever he freaking hates it so i leave my headphone jack plugged in all the time so that he can't hear it because i have different ones for everyone i have little chime for, for Vani, it sounds like angels. That's appropriate. Yeah. So I always know when Vani's texting me because it sounds like an angel harp. It was really sounding like that this morning when I was shooting off those texts. Holy shit. I thought I, thought I woke up in heaven this morning. Before I even had my fucking coffee, it was like... I have the same one for everyone. It's called, I leave it on silent. And when I go back to my phone after three hours, I have 87 mistakes. <laughs> there's me. Especially if there's a group text involved. Yeah. When I'm at work, sometimes you guys get on a roll and I can see my phone lighting up and somebody's sitting in front of me crying. I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> excuse me for a minute. There's hilarity going on on my phone. You cry. Here's a tissue. <laughs> <laughs> gotta see to, what the book girls are talking about you have to put your him. phone face down from now on yeah that's what that's what i have to do because <laughs> when i'm in the middle of booking alone and my phone just keeps lighting up lighting up lighting up i'm like what what, what? i can't yeah. <laughs> what's 130 percent of this <laughs> yeah, somebody like, somebody goes hey how come i got such a great loan oh it was the group text <laughs> damn podcast but, a decimal point and somebody gets their car for like 525 <laughs> <right>. <laughs> instead of their payment being 525 it's five dollars and 25 cents did you decide i'm sorry Go. did you decide what you want for mother's day from goop i'm not a mom yes you matter. are you're a dog mom's gifts on there Wait. did you see martha's martha's link to the site what's goop it's what outros oh my god she doesn't oh. know what goop is look it up rachel just look it up Holy right crap. now we'll wait there's even a netflix series have you guys seen the netflix no series jesus i can't no my son tried to watch it and i was like honey you really don't and he was like she's got a candle that smells like a vagina and i was like no 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 she has a candle that smells like her vagina yes not just a vagina her vagina is gwyneth paltrow martha i was thinking about your vibrator necklace like seriously you'd use it once and would you want it to be hanging around your neck then Dude, if it's crap now like listen, that. now listen. You know what if I it's think? It's metal. Of... You can wash it off very easily. It's very um, sanitary to do that, and then you'd always have it hanging right between your breasts anytime you are need there, it. Uh, are there often times when you like are out and about, and you're like, "Damn it, I just need to go into the nearest bathroom." And use my neck. I mean, they have small like, ones you can put in your purse. Why do you have to hang it around your neck? What if it accidentally starts going off or something not, and your boobs oh, start vibrating? That would be so Oh, cool. honey, it's just my heart beating. Yeah, I'm no, sure that's what not. they would think. Have you seen some of the beauty? Pro- like, we're not kidding. Like, she has a candle that smells like her vagina. Wait, where do I find them? And most? it's like 75 bucks or something yeah, ridiculous. I, I mean, there's a, there's a. I kind of wonder if there's hair or something. An isolation pod for like $65,000 on there. I thought I you guys could all chip in and get me that for Mother's Day. I can't explain how much time I spent looking at the sheds, like oh. the studio sheds. Those are really cool. I kind of really want Those to. Those are live really in one. cool. This doesn't actually smell like her vagina. It's. Yaha! Uranium, bergamot, and cedar. That's yeah, but she says like. that's what her vagina smells like. Well, she's lying. And Where's the fish oil? Hey, maybe she's Sorry. like a turkey. She shoves all the herbs up in there. <laughs> turkey! Well, here's the other thing. 
she also has the 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 one she's a bergamot and they're both sold out but why are these things 75 bucks what are they because gwyneth says they're awesome 75 dollars for what for the the candles that's wait there's one that smells like an orgasm yeah what's an orgasm smell like um this says it smells like tart grapefruit neroli and ripe cassis berries blended with Mm. gunpowder tea and turkish rose blended with gunpowder 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 tea yeah Hmm. it's sold out so you can't buy it Hmm. i'm so disappointed you know why i don't know about this because you're not psycho (laughs) this is bougie bullshit for people who have too much money well that's why we like to laugh at it because none of us can afford that kind of shit we laugh at it because we can't afford it i'll stick with when bath and body works has sales and i don't like the fact that she thinks that her vagina smells like flowers because unless you're paying to have somebody spritz that thing it doesn't smell like damn flowers like I said, it's the turkey treatment. You know, maybe she got a little bundle of herbs and spices she sticks up in there. I mean, rosemary is quite potent. I guess you could stick some of that up there. I got a bush right out in front if you want to try it. <laughs> her kid's name is Apple, so you're probably right. <laughs> Maybe that's what her vagina smelled like the day she conceived was apples, and that's why. Her... <laughs> oh, she had a little apple bundle up there. Which... <laughs> Mommy, how did you come up with my name? That's just what my vajay smelled like that day. Honey, my smelled good that day. My orgasm smelled a little cinnamony, so. <laughs> can we can we try to? That's a hard transition. Can we can we try to find a a good transition? But I have no transition from orgasm candles to. World War Two. You know, I think we just really need to give up on the idea of finding smooth transitions from the shit we talk about. <laughs> because she did say something a while back about like a Nazi would have to come to the door with pizza for well, her book yeah, to come to life. So, with absolutely no transition at all, I read "While Paris Slept" by Ruth Drart. That's D R U A R T. Not quite sure how to say that, so if I said it wrong, I do apologize. And this is actually her debut novel. I did not realize this when I read it. I looked her up on Goodreads afterwards because I loved this book so much and because I wanted to see what else she wrote, and this is her first novel. And this book was awesome. I freaking loved it. I haven't liked a book like this in a long time. Okay, so this book is set... In two different time zones. It starts out in 1953 after the war and it's in Santa Cruz and it's a a husband and wife, uh, Jean-Luc and Charlotte and a little boy named Sam. Sam's about nine and, uh, you know, they're just kind of a normal couple. Husband's getting ready to go to work and everything. Mom's a stay at home, does the carpool thing, whole nine yards, you know, coffee with neighbors kind of thing. And there's a knock on the door, and it's the police to take Jean-Luc in for questioning. And also, Jean-Luc has a very distinctive scar on the side of his face that he had gotten during the war. So automatically, it starts out with this mystery. So you find out very soon that there's something that they're hiding. And it kind of goes back to 1944, when they're in occupied France, And, of course, you know, younger and everything. And Jean-Luc had just met Charlotte, and they're kind of courting back and forth. And Jean-Luc works for the railroad. And the station that he works on, the Nazis are in control of. And it's also one of the boarding places where they load up the cattle cars full of Jews to send them to the camps. But they don't do that while the regular workers are there. They wait until the workers go home at night to do that well one of the times they actually have a train that's there when he John Luke is there and uh, something happens to one of the rail cars and it comes off the tracks and they can't fix it with all of the people on the cattle car so they have to unload the cattle car and when they unload the cattle car this girl Sarah runs into him 
and gives him something and says, please keep it safe until the end of the war. And so just from that one act, their lives become entangled. And then Charlotte and Jean-Luc escape France and move to the United States. And nine years later, the cops are taking him in for questioning. And I don't want to say any more because mm. you have to read it to find out what, <laughs> what happens. It was, it was such a good book. And it's one of those books that it's almost like a moral conundrum when you find out what Charlotte and Jean-Luc are running from and what they're hiding in their past and what they have decided to do and what this uh, Jewish girl, Sarah, has decided to do and how their lives are entangled still nine years later. It's really good. It's so good. I love it when Bonnie likes a book. She just oozes. (laughs) This is... This book is the best World War II book I've read in a while. And And it's a debut, so best get yourself a copy. I know. I need to get a copy, and I need to keep this this chick on radar because I want to read more from her. I loved her writing style. She just drew me straight into that book, and it was just, it was so good. So good. (laughs) Um, Shona G is actually going to start reading it, too, because I want somebody to discuss it with, and nobody's read the book. (laughs) But yeah, this book gave me all the feelings, emotional roller coaster. For people who are more sensitive, I'm sure that it's going to make you cry in spots. It was just so good. I just can't even rave enough about this book. Just trust me and read it. That's all. So that book again was called While Paris Slept by Ruth Drart. And I think that if you like historical fiction at all, you should read this book. Even if you don't, read it anyways. I don't care. It's awesome. I want to say more. I want to tell you more, but I can't because then I'll be giving Rachel too much away. Rachel wants to hear more. She was mad. I know. I was hoping <laughs> you tell me the whole thing, but it's not because it sounds like it's a mystery. Well, it's it's not really a mystery. You find out pretty quickly what happens. And that's one of the reasons why I can't go into too much detail because you find out pretty quick. And when I found out what happened, even though it was within the first like five chapters, five, ten chapters I was shocked and I was like how did this even happen and then they go it kind of goes from Jean-Luc's story to Charlotte to Sarah who is the Jewish girl that Jean-Luc runs into from the cattle car and um, to Sarah's husband so you kind of get all of the aspects they even have some of the aspects from Sam the little boy, you know, about, you know, his dad being questioned by the police. And they actually have, you know, at one point there's a police car parked outside their house to watch them and just, yeah. Yeah. So Rachel, um, what do you have up your little sleep there? Yes. I have a fresh nightmare for everyone. Yay. This week I read house at the end of the street. Um, and that is by Lily Blake. This book was also made into a movie in I think like 2012 or something like that with Jennifer Lawrence. I haven't watched it, but wow, holy nightmare. So our main character in this book is a 17 year old girl named Alyssa. And Alyssa and her mom move to a new place. I can't remember. Essentially they move to the country in a different state from living in the city of Chicago. Mom's wanting to find a nicer place for them to kind of reconnect. Alyssa's dad has left the family, hasn't had contact with them for about a year, you know, so that's, and there's a lot of tension between Alyssa and her mom. So as I'm sure there is with a lot of 17 year old girls, but the house they move into is beautiful. It's in a beautiful neighborhood, probably nicer than what they ever could have afforded. The reason that her mom can afford the rent for this beautiful house is because the house just adjacent to it several years earlier was the site of a horrific murder where 
a mother and father in the middle of the night were murdered by their daughter. Daughter was never found after that. And currently living in the home is a now man, but very young man named Ryan, who was not living in the home at the time. And so of course, all of these rumors and things surround the murders, what happened to the, the daughter, him, all of these things, right? And it's kind of a bougie neighborhood. So most of the neighbors are kind of jerks about things. Um, you know, they joke about, you know, just wanting to burn the house down because it, it brings down their property values, things like that. And Alyssa doesn't really jive with that because she's like, you guys are assholes that's a person, but I wonder why he still lives there, right? So the story just kind of unfolds from there of she befriends this man or young man. He's 21, she's 17. And to say that shit goes downhill quickly um, would be an understatement. It's not a very long book. I do really appreciate that. The story just literally jumps right into it and it was really, really good. A lot of twists and turns and um, the way that the story actually ends up and what you find out actually has been going on and happening from years and years ago up to present is, I mean, it's, it's just a complete mind twist with everything. So I do plan on watching the movie just to kind of see how much they held to it, especially since the book is a bit shorter. It's only about just under 200 pages so it was a quick read but a really good read um it's probably honestly i would say my favorite book of the year so far like i said it was written really well i don't like a whole lot of bs words and different stuff like i don't need you to tell me take four pages to tell me what a leaf looks like type of thing um and it definitely didn't do that and it was just it was really really good i'd recommend it so Again, that was um, House at the End of the Street by Lily Blake. You don't need six pages on what a leaf looks like, huh? <laughs> no. Personally, I kind of like the description of things in the poetic language. But not you that much. I need at least two. Not six pages, maybe two. Maybe a there paragraph. There are two, two words that will automatically make me not want to read a book. Slow burn. I'm out. Oh. I'm out or and descriptive. <laughs> I'm out of it. Well, Tell me there's one that. word that will make me not want to read a book. Romance? No. <laughs> Poignant. Poignant. Oh, fucking hate that word. God, I use that in my reviews a lot. <laughs> I do not like anything that might be described as poignant. Yeah, you know what that means? Boring. Yeah. No. It means sad. Yep. That's true. And I don't like to read stuff that's like that, so I'm out. That's why she, you can never cry. read any of my books. That's exactly right. Bonnie and I are polar opposites in reads. <laughs> Since we're talking about killing, Bonnie, I have a book recommendation for you. It's called Seducing and Killing Nazis. Nice. And Freddie, Dutch resistance heroines of World War II. It is a, and it's a true story about these three badass girls at the time, essentially, who joined the resistance and are. What's it called again? Uh, Seducing and Killing Nazis by Sophie Poldermans, P-O-L-D-E-R-M-A-N-S. Sweet. Enough of them damn Nazis for now. You girls and your Nazis. <laughs> I didn't read about Nazis. Keith, now I feel sad. The ultimate bad boy, Nazis. I guess. Except I'm not at all attracted to them. No, That's thank good. you. Thanks. Because <laughs> if you were, I think that would sort of be... A deal breaker for us. Yeah, no. I think I might have some like, in my yeah, neighborhood if you're interested. For you. <laughs> nope. My book was not poignant. Good. It was not sappy. My book was what I love to call a mind fuck Woo! because it was really weird. So uh, on the tribe page, I was talking about um, some books that I read, and Monica from the tribe was like, Oh, have you ever read this book? And I was like, oh, you know, I have heard of that book, but I've never tried it. And so on Monica's suggestion, I read it. It's called Consequences, and it's by Aletha Romig. And it was kind of crazy. So it it starts with, there's this young woman, I think she's probably like 22. She's just kind of gotten out of college. Um, she, ha she had a meteor, uh, job as a meteorologist, 
and then um, cutbacks happened at her TV station and she lost her job. So she's a bartender until she can find something else. And one day this really, really handsome, really rich guy comes in and he is sitting at the bar and he just keeps kind of chatting her up. And um, she usually has this like rule that she doesn't go home with guys at the bar. And she pretty much tells him that. And he's like, well, how about you just get a drink with me here at the bar, like after your shift is done. So they're having a pretty good time. And um, turns out that at some point in their like relationship, he drugs her drink. Yeah. (laughs) So not only does he drug her drink, she wakes up and she's like in his and he's really rich. So she wakes up in his big old mansion, states away, and unbeknownst to her, he has all these connections. So he has completely emptied out her apartment, broken her lease, emailed her family to say, hey, I've got this great new job opportunity, so you might not hear from me for a while, quit her job for her, and like just sold off all her stuff. So she has nothing. She wakes up in this room and he's not even around. Like, uh, and she's really, really sore. And she knows that she has been super duper taken advantage of, like beaten, raped. And this really nice woman, like he has all this staff that are really nice, but she can't leave. Like she's locked in this room and He just kind of comes every once in a while. And the book is called Consequences because this is like his big thing is that she needs to do exactly as he wants, whenever he wants, exactly the way he wants, or else there's always consequences. And the consequences like vary, but they're really over the top. Like he's a really crazy, scary mofo. Like he's this big time businessman and in every facet of his life, he gets exactly everything that he wants. His name is Anthony Rawlings, and he he's like kind of like the Ted, I'm trying to think, like the Ted Turner or like just uh. a huge guy. He has all the connections. He has all the politicians in his pocket kind of thing. And so as the book goes on, she starts realizing like she should just do the stuff he asks regardless of what it is. So he really mentally tortures her Hmm. along with physically. And he has this huge house and the house is on acres and acres and acres of land. So as the book goes on, she gets more and more privileges based on how well she acts. And it's this very slow progression It's fascinating to me because we see so many, I mean, not many, but when people are taken or something and sometimes um, like Elizabeth Smart came to mind, she was gone for so long and people were always like, how did you not have opportunities to escape? You know, this or that. Um, It really kind of goes into detail about just the very slow methodical way that he has of kind of brainwashing her and making her think that she's just never safe. Like she has no access to internet or anything in the outside world. She doesn't have a phone obviously, but eventually the more she behaves and the more she, like she gets put through tests. So he'll take her to functions and things like he'll take her to fancy parties where she has to get dressed up and then he'll send people to her to talk to her. And then he knows exactly what's happening. And she finds out later that there are like, there are cameras in every single room of the house and even on the grounds. And so he just, he always knows what's going on. And so at some point, at at one point, even when he lets her have freedoms, she's so brainwashed into thinking that he's everywhere and that he can see anything she's doing she always knows in the back of her mind there's going to be a consequence to whatever she does. It was the craziest ride. I mean, it was really a fascinating kind of look into, 
yes, it was a fascinating look into Stockholm syndrome, into a, an abuser and an abusee kind of relationship. Now, the one problem I have with this book, this book was amazing. It ended in this completely like, I don't even know how else to say it, but this mindfuck way. And um, I was kind of like, whoa, this is an amazing thriller kind of book. But I was kind of, but Goodreads has it listed as like a dark romance. And I was kind of, and I was like losing, right. I was losing my mind a little and being like, how? Well, yeah. I found out this is one of a series. And so my suggestion for people who really like, like bizarre twisty kind of thrillers, read the first book and then don't read any more because I've read some of the books that come after and they do try to then like paint this guy as a as a Ugh. good like an almost good guy which i'm not very cool with um the first book was amazing and it ended so like i didn't see the ending coming i was like what the freaking hell i i mean i finished and i had a book hangover i was just like didn't see that coming that was really like weird that was creepy and amazing um, but yeah, there are other books in the series. I don't really recommend them just because they were not going in the direction that, like, I liked how this book ended and the direction it took. And then the rest of them are just kind of like, no, I don't like where you're going with this. But this book was just, it was like really out there. It was really interesting just because it's such this slow progression and seeing like where her mind is at because she has opportunities to completely like screw this guy over and be like yeah this is what's happening to me and help me but he has so messed with her mind that she doesn't feel safe and she starts thinking that she loves this guy because he's just warped her mind so badly it was really, really interesting. If you like twisty kind of stuff, this is not my general romancy who like, yay, happy ever after stuff. Yeah, this was, the first book was a really good book. And again, that was called Consequences by Aletha Romig. I, I, I know exactly what you're going to say, Rachel. I was annoyed too. The first book was really good. And then they tried to make it, they tried to make it like, then they tried to make it into a romance series where they were like, oh, well, this guy, he had a really bad childhood yeah. and this is where he was coming from. This is why, this is why people end up in abusive relationships and mm -hmm. think that that shit is okay and think that it's going to change or somehow it's okay. This, I, mm. I mm. totally when I thought, when I thought it was one book, I was like, to, and I, for a week, I was like, oh, that was really good. And then um, I heard that there were more and yeah. Hmm. And that's why I was, I, that's why I prefaced it. I was like, this is a really good book. Don't read the rest. <laughs> I don't think I can, I don't think I can read this. Anyway. It would probably really piss you off. I mean, you would be fascinated and then, yeah. Maybe I should read it just because it will make me uncomfortable and make me look at things. Just don't read anymore. It's bad enough <laughs> when men do this shit, but it's even worse when women do it. Well, if it's consensual, fine. Do what you do. What you do. do what makes you happy. Find, find your groove, find your freak, whatever. But the second that consent goes out the window or the... I mean, I, it was like, it was like that book I reviewed earlier this year that was so incredibly awful of, oh, you know, he just kind of is keeping me captive, but he's this really, you know. Oh, but he's so sexy. Oh, yeah. And he meant well, and I really learned something about myself. No, a fucking felony was committed and like you were sexually assaulted and brainwashed. No, this isn't, this isn't okay. Like and that's exactly why I thought I like, I really liked this book because it didn't evolve into, but I saw on Goodreads that people were like, Oh, it's a romance. And I was like, I, I think I even went on the tribe and I was like, this book was not a romance. 
if she had just stopped at this book, it would have been such an interesting, because it would have been such an interesting look at that kind of mind like control. Just all the psychological trauma and, but, and then I don't know if she got like people who were like, we want to hear more. We want them to get together. Like, and I was like, no, 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 dear. No, that's not cool. Like, ooh. I will say this, that's bad on Goodreads because if you look at Audible, which is where I had it, it is listed under mystery, thriller, thriller, and suspense, not romance. That's exactly what it should be. Yeah. Yeah. Nowhere in there does it say anything about romance. And again, it's one of those kind of things where if I had seen that it was like, I think Martha and I've talked about this. I very rarely look at what the book's going to be about on Goodreads because Mm -hmm. um, I don't want it to sway like my, my likability or dislike, like of the book, Mm -hmm. especially like seeing what people rate it because sometimes like, you know, when people give it a whole bunch of people give it one star. I go into it thinking I'm going to hate or it. Or if everybody gives it five stars. So it's, or that. it could, could exactly. be the same thing. Exactly. But yeah, like take this book for the twisty, bizarre ass like thriller that it is. But yeah, don't go any further into it. Like pretend it's just a book. One book. Don't go anymore. Okay. <laughs> well. I am going forward to review a book that is from, uh, it was actually suggested to me by a friend of mine, Ron Francel. He told the author to contact us because he thought we might be interested in it, which I thought was nice of him. And um, so she sent me an early copy of the book. Her name is Caitlin Rother, and the name of the book is Death on Ocean Boulevard, Inside the Coronado Mansion Case. Also, if you want to watch an interview that we did, you can go to our YouTube channel, and it should be up probably Tuesday, which is when the book gets released. Death on Ocean Boulevard, Inside the Coronado Mansion Case by Caitlin Rother. So go to our author interview page. We haven't done a lot of author interviews, just a few. Because yeah. that's really not our thing. But since Ron Francel, whose interview is also up there, was interviewed by us, he sort of passed her along to us. And that's sort of how we got hooked up with her. Uh, let me start out by saying I'm not really a huge true crime reader. I do occasionally tip my toe in the water just because I'm interested in cases that are a little bizarre. And I found this case very interesting from the beginning because I hadn't heard anything about it. People who live in the San Diego area are going to be very familiar with the case because it happened back in in 2011 when the mysterious death of 32-year-old Rebecca Zahau happened. But there's a lot of weird stuff that happened around that time. And that was one of the reasons why I was able to really get into the book is the case was just so damn weird and if you hadn't heard anything about it it was like you had to find out how all of these things were connected honestly I don't know if all my questions got answered it's not really something that got solved necessarily as far as I'm concerned didn't really get solved but it sure was interesting to look at all the pieces of the puzzle all laid out like that There are some issues with the book. I'm going to be very honest about that. There were organizational issues in the way it was written. There was some patchiness in the way it was organized that I probably would have done differently myself. However, um, that's neither here nor there because the case itself, as I said before, is extremely intriguing because it starts out when Rebecca is still alive and several days before her murder, she is taking care of her boyfriend's, her boyfriend is the one that lives in this big mansion and his kids are staying at the house with her. Well, Max, who's, I don't know, he's a young boy. I don't remember. Six. Six six years old. Keith, you read this too, so. Yeah, I think he was six. So he's six years old. He's screwing around on the second floor 
And all of a sudden she hears this big noise and she comes out and he's, there's broken glass all over in this great room area. So there's glass all over the floor. His scooter is on the floor. He's laying twisted on the floor. This is, and he's, he's gone down a couple of flights of stairs here out over the open and nobody really knows how he got there. So he, they immediately call 911. She says she did CPR on him, although there is question about that later, whether or not she actually did that. So, of course, everybody rushes to the hospital to take care of Max. Well, nobody can really explain what happened. And so you know how that goes when, when the girlfriend is taking care of the kids, basically. And the mom is going to blame the girlfriend for not watching. Maybe she thinks there's some foul play. Maybe she thinks that Rebecca did something to Max. And so there's all that controversy swirling around the house and around the hospital. And his brother has come to town because Max is in the hospital, because he's critically injured. He is not responsive at all. So he calls his brother to come to town to help, you know, be with him or whatever. And his brother stays the night at the house. Next morning, his brother calls 911 and says, um, she's, I, fa- I found this wording really interesting. Hold on, let me see. I got a girl hung herself in the guest house. But what's really interesting is the body is, A, naked, arms behind her back. She's, she's strung up, her arms are behind her back, and her feet are tied together. And there's some cryptic message scrawled on the door in the guest house. Now, if you found somebody in that condition, would you say, would you call 911 and say, oh, it looks like somebody hung himself in the guest house? Is that the first thing you would freaking say, ladies? No, she can't do that. Exactly. Yet the sheriff's department rules it a suicide. So like this the is LAPD. what <laughs> for anybody who knows a lot about a true crime. It was just a joke. I said, it's like the LAPD. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot of shit up. So it's just a re- you know, that as far as I can see, there's, there's the, there would be no reason to call that a suicide. It makes absolutely no sense at all to call that a suicide. And basically, there's a great reason to write a book about the case, because there's a lot of really weird shit that happens throughout the whole thing. So if you're into true crime and you want to read about the case, um, then you can pick this bad boy up and find out all kinds of stuff about it. And you can also watch the interview that we did with the author. Ladies, would you like to chime in on this at all? It's a very interesting case. I will say that it's one of those, there's so many moving parts with first the little boy and the relationship, you know, with the girlfriend and the dad and the mom and the brother and all these things. It's, it's extremely messy. Um, but um, I have my own opinions on what I think happened. Yeah, I think a lot of people do because it's there's just so much left unexplored, especially in this book. I mean, she lays out all the facts, but she doesn't give a lot of press about it. Yeah, she doesn't give a lot of family has gone to different like they've been on Dr. Phil and all like and each side has had their say and nobody can really agree on anything, honestly. Yep. And the little boy died. He did. And yes, yeah, he died. He died like two days after she was found hung, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Something like that. I think by sheer fact that it was automatically ruled a suicide, you know, there's just, A, it's not possible when you look at how she was found and a lot of things just don't match up. But then all of now the missing evidence that was potentially there has been destroyed Mm -hmm. because of that yep because it wasn't ruled a homicide in the beginning and you just have to wonder why I that's my biggest thing right there is why how could you possibly see that and say oh that's suicide I don't know that's just negligence as far as I can see well correct me if I'm wrong the dad has money correct yeah oh yeah yeah Lots of money. Lots and lots of money. Like he lives on his own island. Yeah. That'd be the first thing I'd do is buy an island if I was rich. Yep. 
We've already established, you know, the whole book girl island thing. <laughs> but we wouldn't murder each other. No, we would not murder each other. Well, maybe over butter. Butter <laughs> butter would be the tipping point for all of us, I'm afraid. There there would be tears and blood sp- spilled over butter or margarine and cookies. Yeah, while Vonnie, Keith, and I watch you guys tear each other apart while we get drunk. Right? We'll just like there's all the cookies. There's not we'll butter. Like, we need you to make another test batch so we can, uh, we still haven't reached a consensus. There's I'll not butter and margaritas. Coconut oil, butter, whatever you, whatever fat you want to make it with, I'll eat it. And then you <laughs> So anyway, um, if you want to find out more about this very fascinating case, then feel free to pick up Caitlin Rother's latest book. By the way, she's written 11 other books. So this is not her first novel. This is called Death on Ocean Boulevard, Inside the Coronado Mansion Case. So she generally just like a uh, true crime or... Yeah, yeah, that's what she... Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. All right. She's She was an investigative reporter, so... Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Sort of her her thing. I'm just saying, if you ever find me dead in a shed and I'm all tied up and naked, I probably didn't hang myself and maybe <laughs> argue with the cops if they say that's a, my form of death. I'm like, no, listen, you don't understand. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, if they try that, we will get Jensen and holes on it right away. OK, thank you. Appreciate that. That's right. You call in the professionals. That's right. I will. I've read enough of their books. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want pizza. I need a pizza. I have a salad at home. <sighs> yeah, I need a pizza. I'm going to have a salad because blah. But I had pizza the other day. I haven't I been very it. good on my diet, Keith. I need to get back with it. It's just oh I my haven't god, Bonnie. I'm seriously really close to dude. You you cannot live eating no sugar no carbs no dairy like it's like what the fuck do you eat I'm well really you can close to just eating healthy again and I've... being like moderation because this diet is stupid i've done I mean, it and i feel better when i do it like right no. now like i've eaten i ate bread today and i feel like i'm a can of expanding biscuits <laughs> and about to explode because yeah. I'm just so Hey, don't don't knock yourself against that table. <laughs> that mattress will squish you. <laughs> Dylan's mattress is still in the in the studio in here. And if, if Bonnie's biscuits burst, we're gonna have an issue. <laughs> Bonnie's biscuits. <laughs> well, my biscuits feel like they're gonna burst, so don't tap on me very hard, okay? Stay away don't from me. Don't tap that! Don't tap that! Where's my spoon? <laughs> just saying it's a good thing I'm single right now. <laughs> I have stuff to make homemade pizza. Maybe I'll do that. And then the you whole have point. to do a little strip tease. Yeah, I was going to say the whole point of having a pizza delivery, guys. Well, listen, Tom already has the backward hat going on and, and no the shirt. goatee. Yeah. So make the homemade pizza. Say, what are you guys saying? Bow. About them? We can hear you. Make the homemade pizza and have him the... go outside and knock on your door and yeah. say pizza. Hey, well, he went out <laughs> to run. That's why he was shirtless. <gasps> He's going to run shirtless? He does. He he went on a run and then came back. I read lots of books about that too. <laughs> Even if I ate a dozen donuts, I would not be going on a run shirtless. <laughs> Maybe you know what? Maybe he's just funny. I think you're getting the funny. Whole... If you ran shirtless, there would be lots and lots of different issues I can foresee. So so many issues. <laughs> Talk about biscuits bursting. <laughs> I think I wouldn't be worried about the biscuits at that point. I think I'd be worried about the French bread flying around. You have biscuits French and bread. French bread My flying. My baguettes. Blue, blue, blue. <laughs> like hey, for car accidents. Car accidents. <laughs> What's that glare I see coming out? <laughs> it's so white. It's a shirtless girl. Tom told me the funniest story about his dad. Okay. Shirtless his old lady. dad is a dirty old man and it has to do with boobs so vani if you ever meet my father-in-law you're probably just gonna have to like wear a muumu or something (laughs) so when my father-in-law used to drive a gas tanker right so he would go um fill up gas stations and different stuff right on his route well like i said he's a little pervy and 
he delivered a lot in a college town too, right? So there was one day when it was summertime, so not a lot of clothes were going on. Well, he was filling a station up, right? So he was hanging out there and this young girl comes over and he's down on the ground because he's doing something. So she bends over and she she's asking for directions. She's like, excuse me, can you tell me? And he, he turns to me and he basically says, listen, you're gonna have to stand up because I'm distracted. I'm happy to help you, but please stand up because I can't do it with you bending over. And so she stands up, asks her question again. He gives her directions, right? He was nice about it. And so he's standing there filling up whatever they get their gas and as they're leaving, her friend is driving and they pull up in front of him and honk their horn. He looks and they flash. Oh, oh my God. so nice about it, I guess. <laughs> so they decided to give him the full on view. And he's like, I'm an old man. You can't do that. <laughs> Where are my angina pills? Oh my, my heart. heart. My heart. <laughs> my heart. <laughs> That's right. Did he crash he the tanker? Maybe it's a good thing that he he had unloaded the gasoline out of the back when he runs into the pole because he got flashed. <laughs> Rachel, put your shirt down. I do not want to see your boobies. Told you I was perimenopausal and hot. Keith, put your shirt down. Jesus. So what we should Everybody do for advertisement, I have an idea. Okay. We we're, we're going to write three three book girls on our boobs, and then we'll just stand on the corner and flash truckers as they go by. <laughs> oh, good advertising. Well, then we just take the K off and put a B. Three boob girls? <laughs> I mean, you said that our three and our... It sounds like we each have three boobs. That's yeah. weird. And we have tassels. Tassels. Woo! Can you can, can you swing them? I might have yeah. to. I might no, have to like bookmarks. practice at home. B- put bookmarks Ooh, instead of tassels. <laughs> yes, we'll make that little. It'll be like those little spin spinner hats. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if I could get one going. Though, <laughs> ow! Gonna be the first thing we offer. On can Patreon. we can we add that on our Patreon? <laughs> yeah, man. I think it'd be a, a number one bestseller. Bonnie. Somebody's going to look at our red bubble and go, well, I thought this was a book podcast. How come they have pasties and tassels? <laughs> okay, I think that's good. That's it. That's going to do it for Three, three book, book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at threebookgirls.com. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.